It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. This is the Dan Grasser Show on 98.7 ESPN. Taking it right up until 10 o'clock tonight, 800-919-3776. That's the telephone number. You can tweet at me at Dan Grasser, G-R-A-C-A. So it's kind of the elephant in the room. And I wish we didn't have to sit here and talk about it and waste time discussing just the the incompetence of these officiating crews, especially in these big games. Like, why is it happening? And it doesn't matter if it's the NFL, because you know what? It happens in Major League Baseball with the umpires. It happens in the NBA with their officials on the big stage. You know, hockey, I'm sure, leaves a lot to be desired with some of these calls. But hockey, maybe just not as sensationalized as what we see. Look, the more popular the sport, the more popular the event, things are going to be magnified here. And that's what's happened with the NFL. And it's it, what's, what's mind-boggling. And, you know, for years, people were kind of chalking it up to, well, these athletes are so big, they're so fast, they're so strong, the speed of the game, it's difficult to officiate just because the athletes are so great. Okay, there's some truth to that. But now as we've advanced as a society and the advances in technology and other things that we've incorporated as to, you know, how we watch sports, now we've got replay. We've got 17 million different cameras in HD and 4K. And, I mean, they got shots coming from a blimp. They got a damn camera on a wire, which a punt actually hit in the NFC Championship game yesterday. And the refs even screwed up that call, which we could talk about here. But you have so many different looks and so many different angles and views. And you could zero in uh, to the umpteenth degree to get the best possible look. And we're still messing this thing up. The challenge system is flawed. The replay system is flawed. You know, it's mind-boggling. And this happens a lot, I think, in baseball, more so than even in football. Like baseball, you have replay. And they've had replay now for a good number of years, but yet they still haven't perfected it, which, you know, big surprise. We're watching the replays while the umps are looking it over and the people in the situation room in New York are looking it over. And we all agree that it should be called this, and it's as plain as day on the replay that that's what it should be. But then when they come back with the verdict, it's the complete opposite ruling. And you sit there and scratch your head, and you're like, what the hell are we doing this for? Because what it also does is that it just zaps the flow and it zaps the continuity from these games. Like, do you think you want to watch as a viewer all these stops and starts? I mean, it's painful to watch when you're sitting on your couch and you're at home. And you could get up and you could go to the refrigerator. You could change the channel. Like, while all these stoppages are happening. Imagine being at the game. Like, what do you do? Like, yesterday in that game, like in Kansas City, even though it was an exciting finish and, you know, essentially a walk-off field goal, think at how many lulls there were, especially in that second half. Like, in the, th- the third quarter of that game yesterday, it took forever because nobody knew what the hell they were doing. And I'm tired of talking about this. I really and truly am because, I mean, we go through an entire season with 17 weeks, and how many times do we get together on a Monday and generally the officiating or lack thereof is going to be a big topic of conversation? 
And I, I, I've been saying this for years. And I don't know if it's going to be the 100% like wave the magic wand. That's what's going to be the cure-all. But I think it'll be a step in the right direction. The NFL needs to stop with these all-star officiating crews in the playoff games. I understand what the aim is and what the intent is. They want to honor and they want to recognize the officials throughout the long regular season who did the best job, and they want to reward them by giving them playoff games and the most important ones on the schedule. I get that but not if it comes at the expense of actually calling the game the way it's supposed to be called. Let me just let you in on how it works, all right? There's eight officials that work a game. Some people may know this, some people don't. So there's eight, there's eight officials that work a game, right? Yesterday in that Chiefs-Bengals game, Ron Torbert, the guy with the glasses, he was the head referee, all right? So it's Ron Torbert and his crew. For that game yesterday in Kansas City, out of the eight officials that were dressed up as zebras on the field, do you realize that they came from seven different crews throughout the regular season. Seven. And what I mean by that is, in the regular season, the NFL has 17 different officiating crews that work the games all throughout the year. Those 17 crews, they get different game assignments week to week, but they are all together. So you've got one crew of eight guys times 17. They all travel together. They all work games together. They know how each one operates. They know the communication patterns of each one. They know the tendencies of each person that they have worked with for four-plus months. So explain to me, the games only grow in significance. They only magnify. Why are you trying to change that? Communication matters, does it not? You've got eight guys that didn't work together all year. In the biggest game, the AFC Championship game. And that's why you have that sequence that happened in the third quarter where the Chiefs essentially got a free play and a do-over and they got what amounts to a fifth down. Why? Because the communication was bad. And then the one yo-yo who was about 30 yards down the field and he came trying to run in with his whistle in a jam-packed loud stadium with 80,000 people screaming Nobody could hear him blowing his whistle because he was 30 yards down the field when he was trying to blow the play dead. And as a result, the Chiefs got a do-over. I mean, what are we This isn't high school football. This is the NFL, and it's the AFC Championship game. But let that simmer for a little bit. Like, just think about exactly what the NFL is doing. You're taking folks who did not work together all season and then just throwing them together in a blender in the most important game that the NFL has on its schedule. Does that seem right? Like, imagine if I was doing games all throughout the year. And then they said, well, Dan, you know what? You're going to call the Super Bowl. Great, Super Bowl. And we're going to let you work with a guy who you haven't worked with all season long. And you're going to do the biggest game on the planet that's going to be watched all around the world in, you know, a gazillion different countries. And the first time you two are going to work together is that game. No rehearsal, no test broadcast, nothing. We're just going to throw the two of you in a booth, and you're going to do the game. Learn each other's tendencies on the fly, you know, what your patterns are, how you call. Okay, just, just let it go. It'll be fun. It'll be organic. That's what the NFL does with their officials. Damn the consequences. Damn whatever the circumstances are, and damn if you look like an embarrassment on the field. What they need to do, if you're rewarding individuals throughout the season for the way that they've done a good job or not done a good job, reward the entire crew. 
Don't just reward one or two or three. Reward the entire crew. They're a team. They've been together throughout the entire season, 17 weeks. In the NFC Championship game yesterday, John Hussey was the referee. He had four other individuals from his normal officiating crew that he used throughout the entire season. So think about that. Five of the eight had worked together all throughout the year, which is supposedly a step in the right direction, but they still had their mishaps. It wasn't perfect, but it damn near wasn't the catastrophe that you had over there in Kansas City. You know, these games are one-shot deals. That's it. You can't just throw them into a fire in a playoff game, and in this case, a conference championship game. Think about think about that Rams, um, what was it, the Rams and the Saints in that NFC championship game. What was it, like five years ago? Remember with that blatant pass interference call that they didn't call? Which probably cost the chance for the Saints to go to the Super Bowl that year? That was your all-star officiating crew that dropped the ball on that one. And, and, and that stuff we were watching yesterday with that do-over, I, I mean, I, I couldn't pull – I've never seen anything like that. Never. Second down, you had an incomplete pass, okay? And if you've been watching football for five minutes, you know that if there's an incomplete pass, the clock should stop. And then Ron Torber gets on the mic and he tells the stadium clock operator, he's like, run the game clock or run the play clock on my signal because the pass was incomplete. Okay, he blows the whistle, play clock starts, but then the game clock starts. And I'm saying to myself, why is the clock running? The previous play was incomplete. So then the Chiefs snap the football on third and nine. You got the yo-yo official 30 yards down the field who's trying to run in and stop the play, which nobody saw him coming. Mahomes completes a five-yard pass. That sets up four and f- fourth and four because everybody on that field thought that the play was counting and it was, it was a go only to find out afterwards, no, that the guy was coming in to try to stop it and that that play didn't count. Zach Taylor is on the sidelines having puppies, as he should, screaming at one of the other officials, and the referees gave him a do-over. I mean, how is that possible? And then the Chiefs even got a first down on the do-over because on third and nine, there was a holding penalty on Cincinnati. So they got a fresh set of downs. The only saving grace to the whole thing was that Kansas City didn't score on that drive. Because if they would have, that's all anybody would have been talking about today. They got a do-over. A do-over which got them a fresh set of downs. And look, there's missed calls on every play in a football game. Every single play. Like on that Mahomes play with the scramble. There was a guy who was getting held on that play. On Cincinnati, you could have called the flag, but they didn't. There's holding on every play in the NFL. And Joseph Asai hitting Mahomes out of bounds. Look, I'm not even going to complain about that because guess what? If a quarterback is three feet out of bounds, and even though it's like a little tap and he gets shoved, they're going to throw that every day of the week. Not just because it's in the final two minutes of the AFC Championship game. Not just because it's Patrick Mahomes. If that was week two and it was a game between Jacksonville and Tennessee and Ryan Tannehill is the guy running out of bounds, they're going to throw that flag then. But you best be damn sure that Patrick Mahomes, who's the face of the NFL at home in an AFC Championship game, of course that thing is getting thrown. A thousand percent. 
you know, and I understand that it's a bang-bang play and, you know, your motor is going high and the emotions and you're doing everything you can to try to get the stop. And that essentially put him in field goal range. Now, you still got to make the kick, but that extra 15 yards, that made it a manageable kick for Butker. And I'll tell you, he didn't make that one by much either. You notice that? Like, that might have cleared it by maybe four or five yards. But I know that it was brutally cold out there, and it's like kicking a rock. That was the difference between him making the kick and not making the kick. But I still think it was a good call. Apart from that, though, all the other shenanigans and stuff that was going on on the sidelines, forget about it. Forget about it. I can't wait to see what kind of crew they come up with for the Super Bowl. And how, you know what they should do? They should tell you how well these guys graded out all throughout the season. Because remember, these are the all-star crews. Like we like a report card. Remember when we were school, in your school, you got a report card, and you came home, and your parents had to sign it. And if it was really good, they'd put it on the refrigerator. That's what we should get. We get all this other access and next-gen stats and all these other things. Let's get the grades from the officials. Make those public. You know, the NFL likes to charge an arm and a leg and to try to take every last cent of revenue they can from their customers. How about maybe an added feature next year for NFL Plus, for people that subscribe to that? I do. It's great. But maybe like an extra feature for NFL Plus next year is you could get officials grades game by game throughout the year. What do you think? You know, let the ones that don't do a good job, let them be held accountable. I don't think there's anything wrong with that. And if they can't take it, you know what? Go find another line of work. Remember, they're not, these aren't their full-time jobs. A lot of these guys have other jobs. They just do the officiating stuff on the weekends. Right? This is like, this is like their part-time job. A lot of them are like lawyers, and, you know, they make a nice living anyways. This officiating stuff is like a hobby. So it's not like they're going to go hungry and, you know, their families are going to be thrown out on the street if they don't get to become officials. You know what? Send them to college. You know, let him, let him go ref Mac games or something like that on a Wednesday night in November if they can't hack it in the NFL. Something's got to change. Because, look, I'm not sitting here saying that Cincinnati lost a game yesterday because of a blown call. I don't think that's the case. But the steps we took just to get to that point was laughable we would that, that would have been embarrassing if it was a preseason game much less the AFC championship game 800-919-3776 that is the telephone number Dan Grasso show 98.7 ESPN this is the Dan Grasso show on 98.7 ESPN this podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza the number one pick in Detroit style pizza why it's simple Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to JetsPizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details.
I am the Eggman. We are the Eggman. Good tune. Um, you know, in that Philly game, too, I was talking about the, uh, the Skycam thing that they have. How about that punt, which clearly hit the wire, and the rule is that if the football hits a foreign object, which in this case would be that, it's ruled a do-over. The refs stopped the game for about what felt like, I, I, I think I even took a nap while they were still trying to figure out what the heck went on. And then they emerge and say, no, there's no clear evidence that the ball ever touched that. Okay. So they don't get the do-over. Meantime, they give Kansas City the do-over in the second game for something just, uh, it's, it, what a bad day. I'll tell you if, you, were, if you were dressed up like a zebra yesterday on a football field in either one of those two stadiums, <laughs> go, go burn your uniform, really. That is not a good look. Let's say hi to Subi. He is in Midtown. He is up next here on 98.7 ESPN. Subi, good evening. How are you? Hey, Dan. Regarding the uh, games and then the officiating, um, co- correct me if I'm wrong. Is it like more of a collective bargaining agreement type of thing where the players and the t- teams and owners have to agree with this uh, referee thing? And then also regarding the referees, why don't they use technology similar to uh, English Premier League, VAR technology, and have sideline officials whose sole job is to check if the ball hits the ground? Because this happens more than once in a game. And then also about the holding, it can be similar to that too. Sideline referees whose sole job is to correct those two problems. That's all I got to say. Well, I mean, but the thing is, do we really need VAR technology and that stuff? You know, like kind of tennis has the same thing too, like, you know, trying to measure like millimeters, whether a ball clipped the line in this. We've got all these cameras, right? You've got enough eyes on the field both, you know, digitally and actually the sets of eyes, part of the officiating crew, that you should be able to tell if a ball touched the ground or not. Like that Devontae Smith play in that game and the catch that Devontae Smith made. Like, how did that thing end up getting screwed? Yeah, they took about 20, 30 seconds, and nobody ever came back to stop the game. You know, I don't know what the Niners were looking at, why they didn't throw the challenge flag, but what looked like a great catch by Devontae... It was an incomplete pass. Ball hit the ground. Now, look, it wasn't going to decide the game, but how do you miss that call? You know, why isn't there somebody up to – what's great is – and I'm not sitting here trying to belittle and minimize the significance of injuries, specifically head injuries, right? Like they've got that concussion referee or concussion eye-in-the-sky guy that where if they suspect somebody up above – that maybe he took a hit to the head and he's not looking like he should. They buzz down, they stop the game, and then they get him out of the game because it's all about health and safety. I get all that stuff. But why don't we have somebody upstairs, you know, that's able to see this type of stuff and probably at least has a nice look at the monitor and they could see all these freeze frames and zooms and try to figure out if there's a play that maybe should have been blown dead and reviewed and looked over again. And then they buzz down and say, wait, so stop the game, stop the game. And the other part, there's so many rules and different machinations and stuff. Like, you, 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 your head is spinning. And I don't know about you, but I'm the type, too, when I watch a game, the less with the replays, the less reviews, and the fun, like, to me, that's better. That's the optimal way to watch a game. Because nothing drives me more insane, especially like when I'm watching basketball. Like You know, like the last minute or two of a basketball game, whether it's college or the pros, like you notice how they have to stop it like every six seconds. And with every possession, you have to then go to the scores table. 
and look over the play and look at it from 40 different angles. Like there is this thing called momentum in a sporting event, right? Imagine if you're watching a movie. You know, if you're watching, uh, you know, pick whatever movie it is that, that, that people wait around the lines to, to, to watch. You know, they, like some, you know, Marvel movie or Fast and Furious or whatever the hell it is, you know, that, you ha- that has you on the edge of your seat. You imagine if they just, like, stopped the movie every five minutes just without reason and, like, hit the pause button and then just, like, kept it stopped for, oh, I don't know, like two, three minutes at a time. That's what it's like watching some of these sporting events. I, I, I don't need to see that. You have to be able to officiate a game, to judge a game, to where you can at least keep it moving. Like those lulls and stuff, I don't know how anybody would want to sign up for that. So that's the risk-reward in this. We talk about technology and trying to get these games right and whatnot, but you got to also keep it moving. And all these years later, like you think we would have found a happy medium. I guess not. 800-919-3776. That is the telephone number. Now, I got to say something. I know in this business, and especially when you're doing these shows, that you got to find things to talk about, and some people will just, like, take anything and make a big deal out of it, even if it really isn't that much of a big deal. And then it spreads like wildfire, and then it becomes like a talking point. The stuff that I was seeing yesterday, and I guess it carried over into today, regarding all this outrage over the Empire State Building and what colors it was lit up last night, like it was lit up in green and white for the Eagles, and then it was red and white for the Kansas City Chiefs. I guess, like, there was more outrage regarding the green and white because the Eagles, the Giants, you know, they don't like each other, New York, Philly, whereas Kansas City, like, that's, you know, not really a big Jet rivalry. You know, it wasn't maybe 1969 when the Chiefs beat the Jets in the, the playoffs that year, back in those days. But, I mean, are we really going to make a big deal about something? Is that like if, if, if that's something that actually bothers you to the point where it's going to upset your day, like th- think, think about what you're, you're overreacting to. The color of the lights on a building that may be nowhere near where you presently are. Like when I was thinking about this for a second, I'm like, all right, Obviously, some people are upset by this. They're perturbed. My ground, my ground rules for this. The only people that have a right to be upset about the Empire State Building thing are, A, people that where they live have a direct view of the Empire State Building, and you have to look at those colors for however long it was lit. Okay? That is the one prerequisite. That if you fit that category, then you can voice your complaints. Otherwise, I don't want to hear from anybody else. I don't. Because it's not that big of a deal. It's not that big of a deal. Like, for example, I live in New Jersey. Okay, if I look out my window, I can't see the Empire State Building. If I, like, drive a little ways, you know, through the town and I get on the highway, like, I could see the Empire State Building, like, way off in the distance. But from where I, like, live, I I look out my window, I don't see the Empire State Building, I don't see New York City. I have no right to complain about the color of the building last night. 
But suppose it's not the Empire State Building. Suppose it's any other building that's in your town or whatever that, that you, you got wind might be lit a certain color. Like, that's really going to ruin your day? Like, th- th- that's really going to eat away at you to where you have to go on social media and you got to tweet and you got to post and write all of these demeaning things about the New York City and the Empire State Building and this. I mean, who the hell cares? It's a building. I mean, like, come on. Of all the things that are wrong with this world. And you know what? Don't blame the Empire State Building. Don't blame New York City. If you're upset as a fan that the building is lit in the color of the Philadelphia Eagles, well, you know what? Mostly it's going to be Giant fans. You had something to say about that last week. You had a chance to beat the Eagles, and you didn't do it. If you were to beat the Eagles, the Empire State Building would not have been lit green and white last night. How about that? It's like the whole running up the score thing in sports. Like, oh, how dare they run up the score? How dare they swing on a 3-0 pitch when they're up by 10? How dare they throw a bomb when they're up by 30 in the fourth quarter? Well, you're upset about that? You don't want that to happen? Guess what? Prevent it from happening. You actually have a say in the matter. Go out there and don't let it happen. Stop it. There's a lot of crazy things that you witness, right? And this is, add this one to the list. Getting upset and all this phony outrage over the lights on a building. Do you realize the Empire State Building is probably lit in some different color variation or form? I would say... Just from basically what I've seen posted, I would say probably 200 of the 365 nights a year. It honors something. You know, whether it's, you know, today, like my buddy told me, today was National Croissant Day because he had a bunch of croissants. I said, why are you having the croissants? He's like, well, it's National Croissant Day. I figure I'd take part. I said, well, congratulations. So is, is the Empire State Building lit tonight because it's National Croissant Day in the color of a croissant, whatever color that might be? I don't know how you would replicate that with light, but when it's like National Pizza Day, do they light it to make it look like a slice of pizza? Like what, why, you know, I I just don't understand like why this would be an issue. Speaking of green and white though, we come back, we'll actually talk about the green and white football team in this city and in their never ending search for a quarterback. What's the latest, who might be coming here and what timeline are we talking about that happening? Dan Grosser Show, we roll till 10 right here on 98.7 ESPN. This is the Dan Grosser Show on 98.7 ESPN. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. 
The Jets are trying to figure out how they can get a little bit closer to taking part in championship Sunday, like the four teams did yesterday. And we know that it's been a long time between drinks for them. They haven't been to the playoffs since 2010. They've only had one winning season since then. And, hey, things were looking pretty rosy this year, right? When they were 7-4, and four, Mike White looked like he was going to be the answer. They were going to the playoffs, all those things. And funny thing happened along the way, like, well, they didn't win another game. And they lost uh, the season or finished the season on a six-game losing streak. They got a new offensive coordinator in there, in Nathaniel Hackett. And now you got a new OC. you got to find a way to get yourself a new quarterback. Because, you know, as I said a couple of days ago, it really doesn't matter who the guy is calling the plays. If you don't have a quarterback, it ain't going to mean anything. You know, you could be the greatest tactician in the world, but if you don't have somebody to go out and execute the plan, then it's all for naught. And you know the names that are out there, right? They're going to go get themselves a veteran. Derek Carr, Aaron Rodgers, Jimmy Garoppolo. The funny thing about Jimmy G, though, is after what happened yesterday with Brock Purdy, now that he needs surgery on his UCL and he's going to be out for the entire offseason program and, you know, they're going to try to bring him along slow in training camp, you still got Trey Lance there. But Trey Lance is also somebody coming off of an injury. Like, I, I just... You know, will the Niners slam the door shut completely on trying to bring back Jimmy Garoppolo, even if it's a one-year deal, just to, you know, have that peace of mind as someone who knows the system and knows the offense? I, I, probably not. I mean, he's probably going to go to greener pastures because I think there's going to be another team out there that's probably willing to give him a bigger contract than what the Niners are going to willing to, you know, to, to, to give him as kind of a, a Band-Aid hold the fort guy because you got a couple of your other quarterbacks who are rehabbing injuries, which is a tricky proposition. So now all the attention is shifted on Aaron Rodgers because he got Nathaniel Hackett. And Hackett was a guy who was an assistant in Green Bay, has a very good relationship with Aaron Rodgers. So people think immediately when he's the offensive coordinator of the Jets hire, well, that must mean they've already got something worked out under the table, you know, handshake agreement, wink, wink, that Rodgers is going to be the guy coming to the New York Jets. Well, here was Adam Schefter couple of days ago over the weekend on the latest in the Aaron Rodgers where is he playing next season possibilities. I think there are people around the league who believe ultimately that Green Bay is going to trade Aaron Rodgers. He certainly sounds like a quarterback who is prepared for that possibility. But at some point here in the coming days, Aaron Rodgers and the Green Bay Packers are going to have to sit down and have an open, frank discussion about what each side wants to do moving forward. And there are People who believe the Packers are open to trading him, and there are people who believe that Aaron Rodgers would like to finish his career somewhere else. We haven't heard either side address that specifically. It's just out there, as it was a couple of off-seasons ago with Aaron Rodgers. And until we hear otherwise, that will continue to remain a possibility for a variety of reasons driven by the numbers involved, the mm. salary cap situation, his contract, the state of the franchise, his own feelings. But the idea that Aaron Rodgers could be traded this offseason is a very real possibility. All right, so that's Adam Schefter. And, you know, what he's reporting there, it kind of falls into line with what we've all kind of been sniffing around about here in that it seems as if, and if you watch that last game of the season, that Aaron Rodgers probably has played his last game as a Green Bay Packer. Remember when they lost to the Detroit Lions on that Sunday night, you know, win the game, go to the playoffs, they didn't get it done. And... One player came up to Aaron Rodgers and asked for his jersey, right? 
can I have your jersey? And he's like, no, I'm going to hang on. I'm going to keep this one. Him and Randall Cobb had that long, slow walk off the field together, you know, arm around each other, kind of just taking it all in that might be our last game as Green Bay Packers kind of shooed the cameraman out of the way when they went into the tunnel. So that's what I'm believing. I don't know if Rodgers is still going to play football next year, but at the very least, I don't think he's wearing a Green Bay Packer uniform because, remember, they've already gone down this road a couple of years prior when it looked like Rodgers wanted out of there and reportedly wanted a trade, remember? And he only came back and won a couple of MVP awards after that. But still, you know, it, it, it looked like they were maybe having a divorce prior to just this offseason. And I don't think there's going to be blame in any way if they decide to go their separate ways. Like, it's, it's just time. Right? It happens in sports. It's time. You know, when Aaron Rodgers took the job and got the job as the starter for the Packers once upon a time, they decided to move on from Brett Favre. It's time. They, they said to Brett Favre that offseason after 2007, when Favre, was, by the way, was the runner-up in the MVP award behind Brady. That was when Brady won his first MVP. Favre was the runner-up, played really good football, and they lost to the Giants in the NFC Championship game. But they kind of, like, held Favre's feet to the fire, and they were like, hey, Brett, you know what? We, we need a decision. We got to know, are you coming back? Are you playing or not? And Favre, you know, pressed to give an answer in February, basically said, yeah, you know what, I'm done. If you need an answer right now, I'm done. Just went through a long season, you know, physically taxing, tough loss in the championship game, threw the interception to Corey Webster, the whole nine yards. Like, I, I, I think I'm done. I think I need a, a reset. And then he had the press conference, he retires, crying, tears, all that stuff. Then he got to work on a, you know, scam to get a volleyball court years later for a Southern Miss. Kidding. But then some months passed, and his body started to feel better, and then it was the summertime, and then he realized, you know what, hey, I, this is when I usually get ready to play football. Maybe I do want to play football still. He calls up the Packers and says, hey, guys, I'm back. I'm in. Count me in. And the Packers are like, well, wait a second. No, we got Aaron Rodgers. We already told him he's going to be the starter. He, that, that's the direction we're going. Green Bay now has Jordan Love. And I'm not sitting here trying to convince you that Jordan Love is the next Aaron Rodgers. Hell, I don't even think the Packers know what they have in Jordan Love. But they're, they're ready to move forward and start to find out because, you know, I, I don't know if the Packers, as presently constituted right now, given what Aaron Rodgers is going to command salary-wise, cap-wise for next season, if Green Bay is going to be able to go out there and put together a championship team around him at this stage of his career. I don't think so. So they might say, you know what, let's play the rookie quarterback on his rookie deal and try to get some better players in here. And Favre just, or Favre, Rodgers might just want to change the scenery. So this is possible. This could happen. Here was our buddy Rex Ryan, who took over the Jets one year after Brett Favre's one and done in Florham Park. Rex Ryan was on TV earlier today, and he just said, you know what? Jets got to go get this guy. Yeah, I don't think there's any doubt. You've got the coordinator that's been with Aaron Rodgers, so that that's important. You have a guy that, that – so when Aaron Rodgers comes in, it's the same system, like something that he's familiar with. So you're going to get the best. You're not going to get – you're not getting Russell Wilson and put in this situation where it's a brand-new offensive system. You know what you're going to get when you get Aaron Rodgers here. That's the, that's the target. I don't think there's any doubt that that's the target. You've already heard Woody say that, you know, we're one piece away, you know, and that's the quarterback. So 
I think the Jets are going to be all in on this. You know, I, I think it's crazy if Green Bay trades them, but I, it's what it looks like is going to happen. And is anybody going to give the kind of compensation uh, that the Jets will? I don't think they will. I could, I could really see Aaron Rodgers being a Jet, and let's hope he is. That was Aaron Rodgers, by the way, on DNR uh, earlier today, which you can hear weekdays from 6 a.m. to 10 a.m. right here on 98.7 ESPN. Um, the one thing I'll say about it, too, like there's a lot of rumors and stuff floating around about the compensation, that if you do trade for Aaron Rodgers, what it's going to take. You know, multiple number one picks. I don't think so. You know, I might be an outlier on that one. But I really and truly think that it's not going to require as much draft capital as some of these people are reporting. And one of the reasons for that is look at the numbers. Look at the salary that you're going to have to take on. Not even so much for cap purposes. And I'll break that down in just a second here. But, you know, like in baseball, when you make baseball trades, let's say you're taking on a player that has a lot of years and a lot of money remaining on a contract. Whether he's a good player, whether he's a bad player, but maybe it's just a bad contract, whatever. If you're willing to take that on, then what you're giving that other team in exchange is going to be a lot less as opposed to, let's say, if they were eating some of that salary. But if the new team is going to take the majority of the money on, then maybe you don't have to give up your top prospect. Maybe you give them like B and C level prospects because the money is really what counts as far as the transaction is concerned. Think about Aaron Rodgers. I mean, look at the money that you're going to have to take on. You know, you're on the hook for $60 million just for 2023. Just for this year. And over the next two seasons, you know how much money you have to write a check to Aaron Rodgers for if you're Woody Johnson? $109 million. So think about that for a second. If you're Joe Douglas and you're trying to negotiate with the Packers and Brian Gutenkins, their general manager, and you're trying to work out compensation, and the Packers are saying, well, we want two number ones plus or whatever. If I'm Joe Douglas, I'm saying two number ones. Brian, come back to me. How about this money that we're going to have to pay Brett Favre? You think I'm going to walk into Woody Johnson's office and say, hey, Woody, we got, we got Aaron Rodgers. Oh, uh, the good news is um, is that it's only going to cost you $109 bucks over the next two years, and Woody's probably going to throw something at him. Unless Joe says, but wait a second, only cost us one first-round pick because I brought up the fact that it's going to cost us an arm and a leg financially. And maybe that makes Woody a little bit happier. So I, I'm not going along with what everybody is reporting as far as what the compensation is going to be. So let's just say they can make this work. Let's just say that the two sides can see eye to eye, they can find a middle ground, and oh, by the way, maybe the biggest part in this whole thing what if Aaron Rodgers gives it the thumbs up? Because Aaron Rodgers has to be all in. He's the one that has to, A, still want to play football, and B, would be willing to go to the New York Jets. But there's another component to this whole thing, which isn't really being reported enough, and I just I, I, I want to keep sharing it with you. And I'll do that when we come back. And also, I want to hear from you as well. Do you think this is the no-brainer move if you're the Jets? that this will cure whatever ails them if Aaron Rodgers is the guy? Or do you think that one of these other veterans will be a better fit? 800-919-3776. Dan Grasser Show, we roll till 10 right here on 98.7 ESPN. This is the Dan Grasser Show on 98.7 ESPN. <laughs> 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. 800-919-3776. That is the telephone number. Gordon and Larry are coming up at 10. They're going to take the baton from us. Here's the thing with Aaron Rodgers. Just want to throw this into the universe so people could chomp on this as they try to figure out what's it going to take, when is it going to take. Just remember something here, okay? If Aaron Rodgers is traded before June the 1st, Green Bay Packers get hit with a $40 million dead cap charge. Do you think the Green Bay Packers want to get hit with a $40 million dead cap charge? I would say not, Bob. Okay, so timeline comes into play a little bit. Now, you could always you could always try different things out, and you can always work on these kind of shady backdoor deals, you know, which happen all the time. And a lot of these, like, for example, trades and free agent type things are kind of all worked out before the official deadline. They can make it official with the new calendar year in March. But this one, this is going to have to be a little bit tricky. You know, because you're going to be able to work out a deal, let's say, in February and then not announce it until after June 1st. And would the league even okay that? So that's something that isn't really talked about a lot here and whatever possibility Rodgers to the Jets type of deal. So let's leave that in the conversation. Now, real quick with the money. He's owed $60 million all guaranteed for the upcoming season. Not all of that is going to be a cap hit, though. Only 15 and change. On the salary cap hit, which is not too bad, $32.5 million is the hit for 2024 because when he signed the contract, the signing bonus ended up getting prorated over the length of four years, which is why the cap hit is so low. That's what teams do so they could spread it out, keep kicking the can down the road type of a deal. But there's no way of getting around that if he's on your team for the next two years and you got to pay him, he's walking out of there with $109 bucks. Not a bad job if you can get it. Let's say hi to Vinny in Long Island. He's up next here on 98.7. Vin, good evening. How are you? Hey, Dan. How are you? Vin, talk to me. What's going on? Yeah, so, you know, I'm uh, weighing in on this, obviously, and it's good to uh, it's good to talk the Jets quarterback situation, you know, early in the offseason, right? Usually we're talking about what they're going to do with, you know, with the number two pick or the number three pick or, you right. know. So it's good to change the narrative a little bit. Um, and, you know, obviously, if they if they end up with Aaron Rodgers, you know, it's it's it, you know, it it, it 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 would be great. Right. It would be unbelievable. But that's not my, my favorable option. Number one would be would be Jimmy Garoppolo. And I know that's not the perfect scenario either. Um, I just you know, I, I, you've seen what he's what he's done in San Francisco. Similar built roster. Well, obviously, Vin, Vin, similar let me tell you something real staff. quick. Vin, let me tell you something real quick. None of these choices are the perfect scenario because guess what? If they were the perfect Agreed. scenario, they wouldn't be available. You know what I'm saying? Agreed. No, absolutely. I just I prefer the Jimmy Garoppolo option, and you know I know everybody's got their own stance. I just, I, you know, I, I, you know, yeah, Aaron Rodgers gets here, he'd be the you know the greatest quarterback to, to play for this franchise for sure. But I just I'm not sold on on two years of him, and I'd rather roll the dice on 
you know, what, three for 25 a year with incentives for, for Jimmy G. And, you know, he's taken a team to the Super Bowl. Again, a similar built roster, defense, run game. You know, build up, use the use the, the number one pick this year on a, on a left tackle, right, and figure out where what Mackay Becton slides in as after that. And uh, you know, I think it's a it, it, for sure uh, it, that it's a ten win team with, with Jimmy G, and then you get in, and uh, you know, you hope for the best from there. Vin, thanks for the phone call. Um, I think just speculating. Let's say if those are the three options, Carr, Rodgers, Jimmy, if they stay healthy and they play 17 games, I think you could win with any of them. Question is, win to what extent? Are we only talking about double digits, getting to the playoffs as a wild card, or, like, win big? Jimmy Garoppolo, remember, took a team to a Super Bowl in 2019. Had a lead in the second half of that Super Bowl. You know, he didn't play all that well after halftime. You know, there were some throws and some plays he didn't make. All right, we all saw the game. But the strength of that Niners team was defense. Robert Sala and that top-ranked or, you know, one of the top-ranked defenses in the NFL. It got them almost to the finish line. They just couldn't quite finish off. There's a lot of talent on this team, and the defense was fourth in the NFL last year. Okay, and you figure that they're not going to have that much of a drop-off, if any. I think Jimmy Garoppolo is good enough to get you to where you want to go. But cost and money is going to be a big part of this thing. How much is he going to want to get paid? Make no mistake about it. I think if Jimmy Garoppolo doesn't get hurt, the Niners are still playing in that game yesterday. It's not like Brock Purdy was the one who was the sole responsibility of getting them to the NFC Championship game. I think Garoppolo would have got them there too. 800-919-3776. That's the number. We'll continue this conversation. One more hour to play with. Got to get into some hoops and even some hockey in the final hour as well. It's Dan Gross until 10. Dan Grasso's show, 9870 ESPN. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today.